focus on any small changes that can be made to improve the situation. Acknowledge that how you might be perceiving what your spouse is feeling at the time. Perhaps you have a little insight and you can give him the words. Honey, I saw you do this. Does it mean this? Pause and wait. See if you can get acknowledgement. Maybe you're on to something and you can help him or her to explore their feelings of the situation, utilizing your words. Welcome to the Listen for Life podcast with Genevieve Richardson. Genevieve is a speech-language pathologist rehabilitating adults with communication challenges after a stroke or due to a neurological impairment. Living with aphasia is hard. Caregiving is hard. You are not alone. Get equipped with knowledge from experts in the field and professionals you need to know. We'll hear stories and experiences from others who are navigating life with aphasia. So. Put your earphones in and take a walk outside. This isn't just a podcast. This is a community, a resource, and a support system. We're in this together. Do life. Before we get into the episode, I have a confession, a story, and a silver lining to share with you. For the majority of my career working with stroke survivors and patients with other neurologic conditions, I realized that I never worked with or provided adequate support for grief. In grad school, we are trained in counseling techniques and we're instructed on how to educate families and counsel them, that's air quotes, but we never got into what it meant specifically to address this on a one-on-one -on -one interaction basis. Here's my confession. I didn't do more to help my clients deal with the loss of who they were because they've now had a stroke. So now on to my story. I want to thank two people that have gotten me to where I am today and how I understand the fundamental needs of stroke survivors and their family. So the first person I want to acknowledge is my husband. He thinks and feels and processes life on a different level. His perspective of life and the universe and the knowledge he gains because he actively explores these concepts. He seeks out teachers and instructors. All of his experience has rubbed off on me on our nearly 31 years together. Over the last two years in particular, I have come to understand stroke recovery on that deeper level. The second person I'd like to acknowledge is my former intern, Rebecca. Two years ago, during her internship with me, she was passionate about starting a caregiver support group. I think it's been longer than two years now. This group is going strong. I learned the day-to-day -day frustrations, concerns, gaps of information that these spouses have experience on a daily basis. 
So here's the uh, silver lining. I will be releasing a course. It's scheduled for April of 2023. The course is called the Aphasia Field Guide, which will walk participants through a step-by-step -step process to ultimately achieve connection, communication, and a foundation for moving forward. I'm super excited about this course and its potential for supporting families on their journey. So let's get into stroke survivor guilt and grief. I added the word guilt in there with some more recent clients I've had. It is very clear that this can be a component and it can very much interfere with recovery. I've also talked before about what I call whole person recovery. When I meet a stroke survivor for the first time, I am not just looking at their deficits what they've lost as a result of having their stroke. I look at them for the whole person that they were and the whole person they are now. What motivates them? What lights them up? What do they need to consider as far as physical health and nutrition and hydration and medication? And now I have the component of their emotional and psychological health. I am in a unique position where I can connect with stroke survivors based on their speech and language issues from a stroke combined with working through their feelings. I, I won't even call it a system, but a way forward to helping them on their journey of recovery. So what I'm talking about, so let's get into some of this. We're going to dive into this topic about how guilt and grief can be manifested on a day-to-day -day basis and how if you are a spouse or an adult child or a close friend of a stroke survivor, you may not be aware of how the stroke survivor is feeling. Why would this be? Well, perhaps their speech language cognition is not at a place where you can have a conversation about it, but that doesn't mean that they're not feeling. The survivor, him or herself, may not recognize what they are feeling or may not even be able to put a label on it or put words to it. But I need you all to realize that they may be feeling guilt and this may come out in different ways. We'll get into that in just a few minutes. First, a stroke survivor may feel guilty for a number of reasons. One of them may be they feel guilty for being a burden on their loved ones for the care and support that has to be provided to them. Maybe they were the breadwinner. Maybe they were the one more in charge of the family. Maybe they were making uh, some of the bigger decisions and the spouse was doing more of the day-to-day -day decisions they may realize that they don't have that role anymore and therefore they are more of a burden. They may feel guilty for, for being the cause of the stroke, for not having done more to prevent it, whether or not it was within their control to prevent it. They may feel guilty for the change in their relationship with their spouse or with their adult children or their young children. More and more People are experiencing strokes earlier in life. They may feel guilty for not being able to prevent the stroke or for not recognizing the warning signs 
or they may just feel guilty because they weren't aware of the signs and symptoms. It's important to remember that guilt is an emotion to feel after a stroke, but it's important to understand it's not a person's fault. The stroke is a medical condition. So how might we recognize possibly the symptoms of guilt a stroke survivor may be feeling? The first would be negative self-talk. They beat themselves up. They can't get a word out. They drop their head. They look away. You can feel sometimes their energy changes and it becomes very negative. They may act ashamed. Again, eye contact, body language, feeling what their energy is like. They may have a negative reaction when they struggle to communicate. They can put themselves down. They may avoid interactions and opportunities to connect with others. They withdraw more often. They may not initiate a conversation or even try. They may lash out with words, actions, body language. The survivor may also be self-sabotaging by choosing not to follow through the safety process that you doggone well know they know how to do it and follow the steps, but at that time they may not choose to do it as a way of beating themselves up. They may refuse to participate in therapy, do their homework, follow safety guidelines. I have episode number 24 that talks a little bit about won't versus can't when it comes to aphasia rehabilitation. If you think that is something that's going on with your loved one, go check out that episode. Another way guilt might manifest is the stroke survivor may avoid situations, interactions, and they're just kind of grumpy and not interactive at family gatherings or social events. All of these can be signs that they've not coped with and or are feeling guilty about their, their situation that they're in. Your loved one may not have the ability to voice the emotions due to their aphasia. They may not recognize that their actions can be speaking louder than their words. Don't take their reactions personally. If they're having a bad day, it may have nothing to do with you. Maybe their grumpy mood has absolutely nothing to do with you. Where they are functioning regarding their language abilities and their cognition can complicate how they are able to deal with these feelings. They may not be able to label them. They may, they just may know what they're feeling. And so we being on the outside have to then take a step back and look at their actions and their reactions and see if we can glean some understanding of where they are. Well, I want to talk about a former client of mine. And I hope to do the situation justice because it was so eye-opening for me as a clinician. So for him, his guilt presented not only in his words, but also by his whole being. And what I mean by that, I could feel waves of negativity, shame, anger, and frustration rolling off of him when he was not able to express himself 
the way his thoughts and his feelings were in his head. He tended to be very judgmental of himself and the words he chose to say. And when the words that came out didn't match what was in his head, boy, you could, it's all, if he could have kicked his own backside, he would have done it. So I asked him a simple question. Why do you feel shame? And wow, he looked at me, he looked away, he looked back at me and he shook his head. That was the first time he realized he felt guilt for having had the stroke and the subsequent consequences of that stroke on his family, his work, his life, the goals he and his wife had. He's in the middle of his career. He's, he'll probably work another 20 years, but he was feeling guilt that he disrupted what their plans were. So we had lots of conversations, not whole sessions by any means, but we would definitely have conversations and I would as gently as I could point out to him when he was demonstrating these outward manifestations of, of guilt and shame about his stroke. He learned to acknowledge and even predict when these things were coming up. He learned to think through those situations and make a plan for his communication. And he learned to roll with it. Ultimately, he came to realize that he had never processed his grief related to his stroke. He did some journaling and allowed himself to experience the emotions of his grief. He improved exponentially. His whole demeanor, his shoulders would be back. He had eye contact, the tone of his voice. It was much more light and flowy, and that was so important for him in his speech. What can you, the spouse, the partner, the family member, the caregiver do to support your loved one after a stroke? First, recognize behaviors for what they could be. An outward behavior like refusing to comply with safety steps could be how they are trying to exert control over their situation. It may not be a way of them getting back at you or hurting you. It probably has nothing to do with you at all and everything to do with how they're feeling and possibly not having a sense of control. Remember when I talked in the last episode about mindfulness, mindfulness is being present and not being judgmental. Avoid reacting emotionally to the situation at hand. Don't judge it. Instead, mentally take a step back and see it like it's a scene in a movie. Try to analyze it. See if you can figure out what's the underlying cause of the negativity or the reaction or the behaviors that your loved one chose to do or not to do. I am definitely a believer in journaling. I am a person that processes emotions, feelings, and situations by writing. I have to get it down on paper and for me it's the process typically with a pencil on paper that feeling of the pencil the lead gliding across the page that is very therapeutic for me plus it's getting my words out and also i process 
verbally, whether I'm talking out loud to myself or talking to someone on the phone or in person. But I also have circumstances where I'm just, I'm processing thoughts in my head, but I can't get a resolution to it. And why that's so disturbing is that that I can't be moving forward. So therefore I have to fall back on either verbally talking about it or journaling. You may be the same way. You need to figure out how you work best. Focusing on one situation or one day at a time. Be in the moment. Problem solve that situation and the reaction in that situation. Avoid thinking too much about what could XYZ mean for the future. Sure, there are consequences to actions, whether it's your loved one not following a safety sequence for transfers or something else. Focus on any small changes that can be made to improve the situation. Acknowledge that how you might be perceiving what your spouse is feeling at the time. Perhaps you have a little insight and you can give him the words, honey, I saw you do this. Does it mean this? Pause and wait. See if you can get acknowledgement. Maybe you're on to something and you can help him or her to explore their feelings of the situation, utilizing your words. Let's move on to an example. Your husband wants to be independent. He has lost so much control because physically, He's mostly in a wheelchair. Pain keeps him from walking and using a cane. He's lost control because he doesn't have the ability to speak his mind and his thoughts and his concepts. So you, so we're going back to him wanting to be as independent as possible for his transfers in and out of the bathroom, but you currently provide standby assistance for his transfers. As he is moving through his transfer sequence, suddenly he lashes out at you. There's a mean voice. He might yell. He might swat at your hand. And generally, he's presenting as angry. You might feel really hurt as a spouse. Like, what did I do? What's going on here? He might be mad at you. You might have not a thing to do with it to have caused him to to react that way. Maybe he's just frustrated with the situation that you have to help him at all. Maybe he's mad that he can't do it by himself. He might be upset because his leg hurts or he gets a sharp pain when he transfers and he lashes out at you because he's in pain. Try not to react. Try to be objective. Analyze it later if you don't have the time right at that moment. In this particular situation, what the wife came to realize is that the reason he lashed out and was acting so icky had absolutely nothing to do with her helping him or what she was doing. It had everything to do with the sharp pain he was experiencing when he was transferring. So I'm going to wrap up this episode, folks. Today we talked about guilt and grief from the perspective of the stroke survivor. Stroke survivors need to grieve and they need to cope. 
Aphasia can impair their ability to do this because they may not be able to put their thoughts and feelings into words. They may not even fully form their thoughts. They're going to have those same chemicals and emotions running through their body that you have as the spouse of a stroke survivor, for example. That grief that you feel, they could be feeling that too, but they can't express it. No matter how mild or severe their aphasia is, they still feel. They may be locked in. They may not be able to conceptualize their feelings or recognize it. Your job is to help them work through that. If you found some information from this episode helpful, I would be grateful if you would share it with family, friends, or your community. These two episodes about grief and coping for both the family and spouse of the stroke survivor and for the stroke survivor themselves. It is so important to work through these feelings and find a way to cope because recovery depends on it. I encourage each of you to find your village. Please take care of yourself too. Above all, I need you to know that you are not alone. Please give yourself some grace, whether you are the stroke survivor or the family of that stroke survivor. In the show notes, I will make the transcript downloadable. Maybe there's some nuggets in there that you could refer back to. And you don't want to listen to my voice go on and on and on. Coming soon through Life Aphasia Academy will be the Aphasia Field Guide course. I will tell you more about it in the coming weeks. Until that time, know that I am here for you. I would love to hear your feedback about these episodes. I'm wishing each of you a week full of grace and peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Listen for Life podcast. We hope you feel empowered and supported. Head over to listenforlifepodcast.com to see the show notes with links and information from today's episode. Do you have a topic, a resource to share, or a guest recommendation? Inquiring minds want to know. Let us know in the comments section. Wishing you a fabulous week.